Welcome to Lens Friends, a peek behind the Cinemania Society podcast curtain, or we drink and ask each other questions. Yay! We're going to start off talking about how this podcast happened. Well, I had actually thought it, about calling this thing the uh, uh, the Cinemania Society Society, but that was, uh, everybody reminded me that was too much of a rip off of uh, yeah. the Bim Bam, so. Derivative. Um, <laughs> well, I mean, everything in this picture. How long did we spend going around thinking of names for this segment? It was a long process. Oh, yeah. God, it was at least a week. Yeah, well, Everything's a long process with this group. <laughs> yeah, well, that's okay. But anyway, so like what folks will, we, the idea was we wanted to give our listeners a thought um, about like where this came from. We're going to take the mask off and talk a little bit about the show because, you know, oftentimes, like for me, when I watch movies, I really enjoy the the uh, director's commentary stuff. So and then since we're doing a ripoff of movies, but for radio, that's what the idea was. So the <laughs> inciting incident for this podcast initially was um, I've, I worked in showbiz for a long time. Like I'm, you know, I, I, I worked on, I don't know, 16, 18 feature films. I've worked on 24, 25 uh, television series. And then I spent four seasons and 150 episodes on a, a show called Smosh because, um, and I, I just was kind of reached a point where I was fed up with making other people's projects. I wanted, I, I had a number of other friends who filled various different positions in showbiz uh, themselves and were also kind of hungry to make their own content. So I was like, all right, let's get everybody together into a little production team, you know, a little, uh, a little support group for creative professionals sit down and, and start churning out our own stuff. So <clears throat> And that's then that's where the idea some, came from, and since eventually you invited in some yeah. of us who are not creative yeah, professionals. And, and, <laughs> well, yeah, but because you you know mainly it's you know there there were friends I knew who were like really hungry to do some kind of creative outlet, and this is my way of 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 being creative, and you know I was like, all right, come come play with us. So that that's what the inciting incident was, wanting to kind of do my own thing. But the thing that was frustrating was it's like it's hard to produce features, you know, or even short films, because then you have to get everybody to set their whole weekend aside. And most of us are grownups with real jobs. Um, many of us have kids and, and it's, no, that's why I said many of us have kids, not everybody. I am but. not a grown-up. <laughs> no that's kids, your main, my balls are pointless. That's your main role in here, Andre, is to not be the grown-up. You are the not grown-up, Andre. <laughs> Heck yeah. Oh my God. Heck but yeah. The, the idea being that like, you know, most of us are, we're, we're, we're all humans of a certain age and, and, you know, time is limited. And so it just seemed like getting everyone together for a podcast and producing a podcast was less of a demand on everybody's t- free time. So that's, that's where we're, where it kind of turned into the podcast thing. And, and like, it's nice of you to assume we're, everybody we're all adult here, grownups here. <laughs> well, I didn't say adults. I just said grown-ups. Like we're all done growing vertically. Now we're all just growing horizontally. Oh, dude, that's true. Some yeah, of us are some of us are even shrinking. Well, uh, yeah. So Zach, Zach, do you want to like pick up with sort of? Because I I actually don't know whether it was you or me who sort of came in second, right? I think it was you. Like uh, I think probably, first. Uh, probably because uh, Ethan and I we met all the way back in uh, college and uh, and now we live like, you know, couple, well, couple miles, miles from, from each other. other. Yeah, five miles from each other. So we hang know, out. We t- well, I think that was, speaking of COVID, yeah, that, I think that was a part of it too because uh, not only were we all, um, you know, just wanting to work on projects with each other that, 
And uh, we started out originally as a little writing workshop. Yeah, we just yeah, thought that's it would what I was be, thinking about. Yeah, we were just starting to, uh, thought it would be cool to get people to just come together and just, you know, bounce each other's ideas off each other. So we would, um, we would uh, meet up, uh, I think, biweekly and just like give each other just some writing uh, assignments and notes and then we were just kind of getting daunted with like the idea of actually trying to produce um, anything. Although we did look into some funding and stuff and we were finding it, but what we were really running into was like what you said, Ethan, was the uh, time debacle. And we, I think you and I had talked about doing a podcast a couple times because in college, I know you did the radio yeah. the uh, radio drama a lot you even like i think you had me in on your show at least once yeah but, no i i had uh, the otter limits was the show that i ran on uh the uh, the, the web stream that's that, oh my god CSU wait 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 was it otter themed yeah no because the, the, <laughs> i the, love that, otters yeah csu monterey bay is uh their mascot is the otter. oh jesus christ yes. of course they're cute oh. and furry and do little human things with their hands. And if you get too close, they rip your face off. That's yeah. right. In reality, yeah, no. they are the assholes. Too. Oh yeah. my God, they're the best assholes. <laughs> they really are. Well, you don't no, want them to so, bite you. Yeah, but that's, so that's the thing. So yeah, so I joined because like, so I, I moved here from here. Uh, indeterminate here. Indeterminate um, here. But we've talked about Monterey, so you can guess. Um, uh, you know, from New York, I've lived there my whole life and, um, I literally ran into Ethan walking dogs and got to talking. Um, and you know, he pulled me in from a writing group perspective. I used, I'm well used to, I, I write plays, um, mostly, uh, short fiction and so forth. I, I put things up in New York and like little theaters and in festivals and so forth. Um, and so that's kind of the angle that I came at this with. And I actually have not let go. We produce some really good little shorts and I have not let go of the idea of, of still producing some of those. That's yeah, why I made either. Ethan put in the, in the, um, in the credits, that little tag at the end of like, Hey, we're going to be making other things. I'm like, yeah, no, oh, yeah. if I have anything to fucking say about it, we are going to be making more things. Definitely. Um, but you know, Hey, when, when the podcast idea came around, I was like, yeah, no, this sounds pretty cool. And you can't help, but like the instant you start trying to talk about what could the podcast be about, um, you know, and you have a bunch of writers in the room, so to speak, world building happens. And before you knew it, it was like this <laughs> crazy fictitious realm, like within particularly I would go to work for the day and I'd, I'd be pretty busy at work. And then I'd come back to the channel and there'd be like 3000 goddamn posts from everybody. <laughs> and like it had gone from, oh, we're going to talk about movies to, okay, there's this crazy fucking society and, uh, you know, they live in a world <laughs> where movies drive everyone mad. And it was like, what the uh, I, I got like, I, I, world. Got, <laughs> I, I got, I got, I, I kind of stemmed from when I like, you know, just, we were thinking of a name for uh, the writing group and I came up with uh, Cinemania Society. And I think that kind of inspired Ethan since we're like, all love um, HP Lovecraft kind of eldritch horror shit. 
uh, right, right. that, you know, just like, ooh, we could be like a secret society that reviews movies to because why? Because they'd make you go insane. Yeah, I do remember. <laughs> I do remember aspects of that. Yeah. But I don't know. So, Andy, when did when did you start to get pulled in? Remind me. I got pulled in when Ethan told me to. <laughs> well, I mean, like, how how far I'm a compulsive along community in the builder. What do you guys want from me? No, I know, I know. But I mean, how far along in the conception of this whole fucking thing did you show? Were you like right there at the beginning when we started talking about like the, well, the I'd, setting um, of the podcast? Or coming from COVID again, I was like stuck at home, and I realized I had to do something or I'd go crazy. So I started, you know, writing little memes, and that turned into writing comics, and I published a couple of them. And Ethan saw some of them. And one day, out of the blue, he messaged me and said, hey, I like the stuff you're writing. We're doing this uh, writer's workshop thing, and we're thinking of starting this uh, podcast. And I think right from the start, the concept of a podcast was very much there, that Ethan had it in mind. And he said, come in and do this. And I was like, very well. And then he said, oh, there's, there's all these writers here that are all going to be writing things who have actually done real stuff. And I thought, oh, <laughs> this, this, is a, this is a bit worrying. I better come in here and immediately bring maximum intensity to everything. Otherwise, they're just going to steamroller me. So oh, I thought, mission right, accomplished. I'll, I'll walk in and immediately just uh, announce myself and be like, yes, this is what we're doing now. And that's how I got into it. So were you pre-podcast? Was this writer's group still when you uh, joined? It was a writer's group, but right from the start, there was the idea of a podcast. I'm pretty sure it was already in motion. I think so, yeah. Now, you're leaving a couple things out there, Andy, though. I want to say, like, I actually met Andy... Uh, because we were both members of a of a Facebook group, shit posting group called Dune Siege Posting, because we're both major <laughs> fans of Dune, and oh, he was publishing it? these really fantastic comics. Like, like, don't sell yourself short. They were fucking fantastic. And I actually uh, reached out to Andy because I had a different project. I was trying to convert my my, my feature script, which had just gotten greenlit and then then lost all the funding due to the pandemic. Oh, yeah, that's right. And I reached out to Andy, and this was a year before this whole project, and I was like, hey, would you want to turn this script, you know, do we want to try to turn this script into a comic? What do you think? And he's like, yeah, sure. (laughs) (laughs) All right, no problem. I've never done this. And I was like, okay, let me just do a terrible Andy impression. But anyway, he drew up some really amazing uh, pages that, that, you know, uh, for, for Summer of Lovecraft, which is the name of the project. And then he and I would stay in, you know, we stayed in contact. um, But like, I also felt really bad because, you know, I I then was like trying to find a publisher and um, we, we got in touch with Raw Comics and um, I oh. ended up having Wade. Anyway, it was a long thing. Yeah, yeah. But no, I trying to want... get a comic published in this country, let me tell you. Um, yeah. I, I, have, I have a full graphic novel, which I've never read in the print version because I was only f- able to find a German publisher. I don't even know uh. if the jokes <laughs> translate. Like, so if anyone reads German, you know, I can give you a copy. <laughs> but all of that stuff aside, like I met Andy a full year before we got into this. And... Um, um, we and I, he and I were staying in contact. And when this came up and we were like, oh, hey, you know, like here's a creative project that we can work on together where we can actually get stuff in front of people's earballs. And, um, you know, let's, let's, let's do some stuff together. Let's be fun, creative people. Um, so I, I brought him in knowing how creative he was and knowing how like, just like he, he was kind of the nitro in the tank, so to speak. <laughs> Definitely. Andy's got this freaking. 
I don't know how you churn stuff out so fast, dude. It It's like, I'm just like, hey, can you draw a picture of this? And you're like, sure. And I'm expecting like maybe in a week or two to get something like an hour later. You're like, there, done. And it's awesome. I'm like, yeah, scripts what too, the, by the hell? Way. That's, yeah. that's, uh, that's a little frustrating. Too. Yeah. Uh, like, you asshole. That would have taken me two weeks. To- <laughs> Fuck you. Um, <laughs> haven't you ever heard of creative block i mean come on well I've, I've only i've only got so much time at night i've got a real life job so i'm like right i've got this many hours before i have to sleep so better get this out the way and get it done it's very buddhist you know it's that whole idea of like like buddhists when they are aware that something needs to be done they do it right away and as fast and as well as they can and so i was like oh that's cool you know and being the karate practitioner that i am i i i have an appreciation for that that <laughs> that focus and execution so no no, um, no that's not the proper writer's approach there needs to be whiskey and drinking <laughs> and regret. yeah yeah you gotta give time for the regret i mean <laughs> come on <laughs> no uh but okay so like i mean um and then more and more people joined us uh I yeah mean, andre we got andrea we, got yeah, we still got half the table to get through right oh, why shit. don't we um since this is kind of moving into the next point why don't we start talking about how each of us got involved and why yeah, that's. I, I feel like we basically have been doing that. Yeah. Well, we, we did kind of jump ahead a little bit, but there's yeah. a lot of stuff that Ethan wanted to say, like with motivations and other stuff. But, oh, that we yeah. Really okay. Yet. Let me let me touch on that real quick then. Um, so, I, you know, I like like all of us. I'm a movie nerd. I grew up watching lots of movies um, because nerd. I, you know, I yeah. I mean, I was really isolated. Fucking it was my nerd. way of coping with a rural, isolated <laughs> upbringing in the foothills of California. Um, so. Like I love movies enough to the point that I made it a career. Like a lot of other people who got suckered into. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I went to film school. I, uh, that's where I met Zach. I started working on feature films, started teaching film classes, which is where I met Andre. Um, no, you're telling me Andre is one of your former students. Yes. Get out. <laughs> yeah. No, Andre was in high school Surprise. when I met him. Um, Andre's Andre's the baby of the group and just a quick note like Andre like I I have to say I mean just like one of the things that really blew me away about Andre is like he's the only person I know who in high school produced a feature film holy crap Jesus Christ like like he's going to talk about like oh no it's no good nobody watch it and you know what nothing anybody makes when they're a teenager is any good and that's okay but the fact is that I respect it man I yeah, have absolutely. some things to say about that that are not self-deprecating, by the way. So I will touch on that. But yeah, <laughs> I hope you do, um, because like that, that's the thing is like Andrea and I both, you know, having worked in feature films, understand the just the phenomenal amount of effort that goes into that. And I was like, mm. holy crap, this this person is really motivated and, you know, and just has a, just a phenomenal degree of creativity. But anyway, so like all of that stuff to the side, um, like, you know, as much as I love movies, I also love radio theater um, and maybe it comes from me having been a kid who was legally blind without correction for most of my life. Um, so I always had a really visual imagination um, and no movie is ever as good as my imagination. So like, for example, my way of interacting with the star Wars franchise um, more than the movies even was the radio drama that NPR put out. My dad was a cassette bootlegger. So he taped all that shit off the radio when they first broadcast it. And that's how I, that's how I consumed the star Wars franchise apart from the role-playing game, Western game, role-playing game. And way to narc on your dad. 
Oh, no, nobody's gonna hurt you. Uh, <laughs> the FBI will come after him now. Oh, oh yeah. There's no statute of limitations on copyright. Yeah, those cassettes are those cassettes are, are long gone. Um, and then it's not like he was passing out or selling them or anything. You could tape stuff off the radio. Nobody that wasn't illegal. Um, but <laughs> they're coming for him like Napster. But, exactly. <laughs> Metallica are on the way. Lars Ulrich on top of the car like a siren <laughs> just drumming away just going, flames shooting out of the drum set <laughs> Mr. Island been coming for you uh, well see the, the thing that was the biggest influence on the Cinemania Society for me was this series that NPR ran in 1985 um, The Adventures of Doc Savage which was a, a tribute to radio theater in the 1940s and like yeah, fucking the no one has heard this it's yeah, so yeah. rare because they like anyway it's it's uh, the, the one my, my dad taped for me was Doc Savage and the Thousand Headed Man and I really loved how they only needed some like cheap Foley effects and canned ambiances and some, some library music to create a really evocative atmosphere so I knew I wanted to do something like that and so like and just like you mentioned a little bit earlier like i've always found 19th century secret societies funny as hell like they're you got a bunch of really stuffy overprivileged dudes taking themselves way too seriously and doing stuff that's otherwise really banal but they've convinced themselves that what they're doing is really deeply important yeah no that's because it is funny yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's not just you what, finding what are... it funny it is <laughs> yeah. hysterical yeah exactly and it's funny you know there's other people who do too so if you've ever seen the pentaverit on netflix it's oh, yeah. the same yeah. principle well but, yeah. there, there's um there's a novel uh called masters of atlantis um by charles portis which is like it, it is the chef's kiss of exactly this uh i do recommend it like that as soon as you guys started talking about this podcast idea i was like oh it needs to be this yeah. And it just kind of like went from there. Well, I mean, and I'm also one of those guys who's like, as an artist, one of my favorite things is to combine really disparate elements. And the thing that like, just like that, that's really prevalent to get people interested and involved. Like what people are really hungry for is the vaporwave aesthetic, because, you know, we're, we're in that cycle of the, uh, we're, we're in that part of the nostalgia cycle. So like folks are really nostalgic about video stores and, you know, eighties aesthetics and, and all of that. And so I was sort of like, okay, cool. Let's, you know, Let's let's combine sort of this crumbling post-apocalypticism, you know, this this love for for things that are dead and gone and sort of rotting and are these like cultural fossils, you know, and come, you know, combine that with the vaporwave aesthetic, which is supposed to seem like, you know, the retro future. But yeah, yeah, we, with we, this we, 19th century secret society thing, and it just seemed like, OK, I'll throw all these things together. And, and yeah, we, you know, we, I remember us talking about that because initially you were uh, you were talking about like, you know, especially looking for. um music and stuff for the background uh you're still thinking of like that 1940s 1950s like uh kind of super science rusty venture kind of like feel yeah feel to it like that doc savage thing but i yeah. i don't know if it was daniel or or i who just kind of uh said no look, why don't we go like more kind of um like synth wave kind of in there kind of it more like that would have been you uh, okay. I, I, synthwave <laughs> is never the first thing on my mind. <laughs> I, I, yeah, I'm a huge John Carpenter fan, so yeah, I, I love uh, the synthwave and stuff. And also, you know, Stranger Things is huge, and people seem to eat it up right now. So I was like, you know, that that's where people are going. I think, and yeah. and Still, it just we probably it could use more theremin. <laughs> Yes. <laughs> See, theremin's, theremin's more the fifties thing, but I I think that like once more we went... theremin. <laughs> oh, damn. 
Well, but I mean, once, the, but the other we, actually the yeah. other major thing was the fact that um, ha- getting a license from um, mm-hmm. it's uh, all from expensive. APM is way expensive. Like they know that yeah. people really like that stuff, particularly the KPM 1000. I mean, I'm a huge library music nerd, huge music library nerd. And so I was like, oh man, any excuse I can to have to try to, to, to shoehorn some KPM Greensleeves tracks into something, I'm going to try and take it. But we just didn't have that money to lay out. And turns out there's a lot of va- uh, Vaporwave and Synthwave artists out there who put their shit up for free. They'll just yep. be like, yeah, just, just credit me. No problem. They're all very copy left. And I was like, bingo, no problem. This fits our aesthetic perfectly. Yeah. So. See, see, budget drives everything. <laughs> we have yeah. a budget. Well, I mean, no, it really you. does. I mean, budget being <laughs> forced. Well, that was, yeah, right. The skeleton. No. Um, <laughs> every no, time budget you really does force you to be creative in ways that you weren't expecting. Oftentimes. That's why I think yeah. like giving no, somebody I, a bottomless budget, they just make crap. I love that idea just generally of not just give someone a blank page, but draw a box. And then it's like, you've got to fit in the box. And then you get the most creative shit like you'd ever imagine. But yeah. um, anyway, sorry, we're getting way off track. Andre, I feel like we've talked about how you got on board, but like the mysterious only having, spoken. Yeah, about. I know. You've just been <laughs> lurking in the background. Like, I don't have to say anything. <laughs> I like to imagine like my character is just in the corner wearing cat ears this is an audio <laughs> medium. You literally wait, have wait, wait. to say something. Are, are, are you, are I always you imagine you're saying that that's not ears. actually what you do. I mean, yeah, no, it's 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 accurate. That is that if you are visualizing, listeners, if you're if you are visualizing the podcast, the various scenes that we've done, just picture me like perched in the corner, looking looking at TikTok memes with with AirPods in my cat ears on my head that I'm not actually listening to, but it's more of an aesthetic thing. Anyway. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, wait, what, what, what were we talking to me about? How I got on here? Yeah. 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 Who are you? How'd yeah. you get on here? Yeah. Yeah. So, um, uh, kind of overall, I was, I was brought on for the, the, the Gen Z perspective because a lot of these movies, uh, very often in, in the, in the group chat, um, someone will bring up a movie or something and they're like, I'm like, I've never seen this. I've never heard about this ever, ever in my fucking life. Um, there was one that I, I said I had never seen, and everyone lost their shit. I don't remember what it was. was it Office yeah, we, Space? we have to punish you for this. Yeah, I haven't seen <laughs> Office Regularly. Space. I haven't seen uh, Lord of the Rings. I oh haven't seen. Uh, ow, 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 ow. Wait, is there <laughs> half the time you're like, yeah, that came out before I was born? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like, yeah. I mentioned a John Carter or anything from some, or like a John Carter. Oh my God. <laughs> yeah, no, those came out before all of us were alive. Just saying. Straight up. I mean, like, uh, yeah, I mean, as of this recording, I'm, I'm, I am 25. Uh, and I, I really should have seen a lot of these. Um, the only one I had really seen was Forbidden Planet because like when I was going into film oh, that's school. that's surprising. Yeah, I, it was like a film school thing. I'm just there just right, like, ah, oh, yes, yeah. look, it's it's uh, it's the Tempest, but in space. And I was doing a lot of like Shakespeare-y things. Um, oh, anyway. oh, OK. So you were you were taking like highbrow. Yeah, because otherwise you got to see this. This is art house cinema kind of thing. Like, oh, that's yeah, he's not younger than us. He's better than time, us. We're not sure. <laughs> no, no, that, that I, I I took a few of those too, but like uh, it's when I they also make you... steered myself towards genre film classes. But anyway, sorry, <laughs> Andre, go on. It's when they make you watch the Odessa Steps or Steps of Odessa. What the fuck it's is just that like, thing? It's just like it's it's one it's of battleship for Temkin, Temkin with yeah. the Odessa <laughs> Steps scene, which was the beginning of montage in cinema. 
See, Andy, you. What sad that. is that is all entirely correct. Yes, and I went no, to, Andy, and I went to freaking are... school for that. I should know it. <laughs> Andy, you you make a joke, but that is literally yeah. my experience in film school. But yeah, so oh originally I was yeah I made a a, a feature film uh, out in the countryside of California, um, <laughs> which was kind of like this. I, uh, as, as a youngster, I was very much the like, whoa, look at all this war history. Oh my gosh. And then later on I learned like, oh, none of this was justified. Right. <laughs> so it was, it's kind of just weird thinking back on how I basically made an hour long, not war propaganda. I wouldn't say propaganda, just like. Own it. Own it. It was, it was basically about like these three guys that got drafted. Huh? Like a glorification? No, it was very much like the three guys go to Vietnam and discover war is bad. That's right. it. That's, That's kind of what you make in your 20s, really. Yeah, that, that was like born on the 4th of July. You made yeah. born on the 4th of July. Yeah. All right. And it was a whole, it was, it was, it was a, it was a wild, wild production. Um, and one of the, the biggest things that I really took away from it and I really kind of realized much, much later on was um, stepping away from being a very, very controlling person. I'll, I, I don't want to bleed my entire life story, but just a quick overview. Um, I was very, very obsessive with making sure this film got through the fucking pipeline and made it to the screen. Um, and I stepped on a lot of toes to get there, and I regret it quite a bit. Um, and what I learned from it was um, something that Ethan told me a while ago that I still really hold on to quite a bit, uh, was that at the end of the day, it's just a fucking movie. Like, <laughs> do what you need to do within reason. Um, it's not worth it to burn bridges or step on toes. Yeah. Um, and just, yeah, it's 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 a fucking movie. It will get done. Just got to go through the motions. Um, but yeah, so that's my experience from that. And then I will <laughs> add an obligatory, oh, but it sucks though. Anyway. <laughs> <laughs> Well, you know, it's funny is I actually did very much the same thing when I was in high school, uh, only we didn't have the, in the mid nineties, we didn't have the gear. Like the only place that I could get it in, in the foothills was the the local TV station. They sure as shit weren't going to let lend their camera and mics and whatnot out to some rando teenager who had this idea of making a movie at the dump. Like I had this idea of doing a sci-fi film. I'd built costumes and models and did some location scouts. I know we're going to shoot this at the dump because it looks like the surface of the moon. Well, and, and I, I just, I just want to say like, I had a very similar experience with the film industry. Um, like I, I started to dip my toe into it, you know, started doing all the pitch stuff. You know, people would see my plays and be like, oh, you should come out to Hollywood. And it was just like, I, I could see that, that you have got to be vicious, just vicious to get mm -hmm. it through that pipeline. And I was like, oh, yeah, no, I I'm going to yeah. just stick over here in my fringe festival. And <laughs> yeah. yeah, a big yeah. part I mean, of it is just like with, with the... Where I was, like, you know, it, a lot of people just weren't really involved in the film scene. I mean, like, obviously, yeah. you put out a call in L.A., you get an army of people in a second. But, you know, this was um, this was Northern California. It just kind of wasn't there. Oh, yeah. yeah, yeah no, 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 no. New York is to totally different. New York is like the gladiatorial arena where everybody's just, like, murdering each other for <laughs> notice by the Hollywood people in the stadium like in the in the seats oh god it's just <laughs> disgusting I, well oh. that's I say that's the other thing that astonished me is that he was able to do it in in northern california where like yeah. 
like you without any resources or connections with anybody and you managed to pull it off. And I was just completely astonished by that. One of the things that I remember from, uh, from when I was teaching, uh, was I had a, I had a movie group on Fridays, the Friday film club, and I'd show Gen Z some Gen X staples. Like I remember, like I would show stuff like the road warrior, which blew everyone's mind, blade runner, Akira, um, and then I remember I had this, this, it was the same group of, of kids. I showed them Buckaroo Banzai across the eighth dimension. When they were done, they were all sitting there completely gobsmacked, mouths open, eyes bugged out. And I was like, see kids, and that's why you don't do cocaine. <laughs> <laughs> They're like, what my, did I just see? My dad told me I did cocaine once. It wasn't worth the money. Didn't get me very high. Don't, don't bother with it. That was his exact words. <laughs> My dad was just a champ like well, that. Well, the thing I remember about they that. practically sprinkled oh. cocaine on the film. Like, on <laughs> like the actual um, reel. The reason this ties into Andre was because Andre had wanted to be a part of the film club, but be, but had missed out on it. And he, at least if I recall that correctly, Andre, you, you yeah, wished you'd be a part wasn't- of it. I think I was out like shooting stuff, if I remember. <laughs> yeah, you had, didn't have the time because you were working on your film, but you were bummed because you couldn't do this, watch these these movies and then analyze them with us. And that was why you were in my mind when we did this. I have like one sentence. Ethan <laughs> mentioned they wanted to bring on some women. Gasp. Oh, <laughs> yeah. brought it out the podcast. so bad. <laughs> I love weird movies, so it was a good fit. And I've enjoyed broadening my um, voice. Skills. No, we, we had been saying for a while, this is kind of a men's only club. We've got to have, a sausage I, have some, I had some yeah. reservations. I talked to a couple people. I'm like, this is a podcast, a bunch of guys. I'm not really sure. It's a little questionable here. Yeah. <laughs> so, well, that's exactly it. I have like, to admit, I was surprised when you said you were going to do it. I, I thought when you called me up to tell me you'd been thinking about it, I was just like, yeah, okay, she's going to turn me down. And then you said, I'd like to do it. I'm holy shit, really? Yeah, yeah. But I kept, you know, I kept that down. I was like, oh great, I'm glad you're gonna join I us. Think, I think when I think when you told me you wanted to do it, I was like, why? <laughs> I I remember when when Ethan said, oh my friend Andrea wants to do it, and I was like. And, and then when you were joining us for the first time, Andrea, and I was like, okay, guys, seriously, like, keep your shit together. Like, don't be that, don't be that group. There's like, a girl here. Try, try. Keep it together. Yeah, no, seriously. Well, because, okay, I know we weren't going to talk about this, and I'm not going to talk about this too much, but we just, early on in the writing group experience, uh, you know, in the writing group, we did have an experience where we all kind of recognize, like, hey, this is not nearly as diverse a group as, as it could be. Yeah. And we would mm-hmm. all really benefit from that. And there was... A source of resistance to that and it was a little uncomfortable and we dealt mm-hmm. with it but so yeah so i'm glad that we're making progress there as oh I'm just i want to make one other note too um i want to I recognize that while zach did come up with the idea of the title of the group andy refined it so that's true I, <laughs> zach came up with it calling it the cinemaniac society and when i reached oh, out to andy right. for some for, for some graphic design and said, hey, can you draw us up a, a logo for this that kind of combines these things? Because I'd been, you know, goofing around in Photoshop. And he was like, yeah, okay. And then he drew it up. Like, he corrected it, made it Cinemania Society. He was like, oh, yeah, that, that actually makes more sense. Wait, 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 wait. wait. <laughs> it's more grammatically perfect. Thank you, Andy. What are you <laughs> saying? It should have been Cinemaniac Society? I misread No, it? you made it correct. You, you corrected <laughs> it. <laughs> Best a typo that changed the future. Oh, God damn it! Oh. Oh, okay, okay, okay. Oh, I got Believe it wrong. Me. I got the fucking C on the end. 
It's too late now. It's trademarked. I can't believe I did that. No, no, it's trademarked now, bitches. I was, I was all, I was all too proud of that I've too. Just like paperwork. Hang, hang on, hang on. I want to come back to Andrea for a second. So, okay, wait. You, you said like two sentences. Like, tell me more. Like, why do you love weird movies? Like, what, what, why? Like, I know why I do, but like, why? What, what is your love of such things? Why do I like weird movies? <laughs> I don't really have an answer for that. Um, I, I think it's the joy of ha- thinking about a movie that later, like I think in Ethan has it in his little um, write-up, which he didn't say, that it just <laughs> sticks in your head and you're like, that Wag the Dog, for example. I'm like, that movie, damn. Like, I still think about it. And it because I don't know why. It was just a movie I saw, but like there's something about certain movies that just like sticks there. And uh-huh. I think maybe that's why I like it, you know, because certain movies, the weirder they are, there's even if they're not good, <laughs> right? there's right. something about them that just like sticks with you. I think one of the first things I ever did with you after we did that movie, um, uh, it's not Cities of Light, now Finding Happiness, after you and I worked together on that movie mm-hmm. at this point, 10, what is it, 10, 11 years ago, gosh, mm-hmm. um, you invited me and um, Robin over to your house to watch The Room, and I'd never seen it. And Robin um, is his wife, just to let people know. Yeah. So you invited the two of us over to do a movie night. Now, of course, you know, given that I used to work in a movie rental store and I've watched lots of really weird movies over that time. Um, uh, I, I was like, yeah, of course, you know, cause I love movies, obviously, as I've said. And so we went over to your place and watched this absolutely bonkers fucking movie. <laughs> the note of caution, do not watch the room by yourself oh, or sober. God. <laughs> I've done both and it was amazing. There, I have no memory of This podcast whatsoever. does should not be done sober. <laughs> Nothing we do should be attempted Daniel, sober. I, uh, Daniel, I have a hard time to believe that you've ever been sober. <laughs> I'm sober right now, you motherfucker. What? I mean, wait, 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 wait. I Define do not sober. believe it. Right. Oh, shit. Okay, oh. let's move on to Hope because I want to find out how yeah, she got involved. Yeah. Hope. Okay, so this is really, it's actually really random. Unlike all of you guys, I have zero experience in film or any really creative arts. Except for, like, I crochet. I make hats and little things. So, like, I'm not an artist. Yes. No, no. I'm not as artistic as, in the same way as the rest of the group. So I'm kind of really, really an outsider. And while everyone else is kind of Gen Z, I'm slightly, like, a tiny bit younger than you guys. I'm a millennial, but not as young as Andre. I mean, yeah. I kind of feel like this podcast. You mean, Gen, you mean Gen X, not Gen Z. Oh, yeah, Gen <laughs> That's X. what I meant. You guys are Gen, Gen X. X Andre's Gen Z. Sorry. Woo. <laughs> I, I'm oh, an elder God. millennial. <laughs> like, if you, this podcast is like a family. Ethan's the dad, right? Andy's the grandpa. Yes, absolutely. <laughs> and e- Andre's definitely. <laughs> Andre's the baby. Andre's the baby. And the rest of us yes. are all the weird aunts and uncles. Yes. <laughs> 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 hell yeah i've known ethan since i was in college um my housemate slash weird nerdo ex-boyfriend um was played warhammer 40k and ethan would come over and join Mm. the group and i remember them coming over and be like "Ooh, who's that cute tall guy and i was like oh no never mind (laughs) um and like the and they would come over and play warhammer 40k and then ethan would bring his girlfriend uh robin now his wife and we all hung out. We all got along so well. Robin and I would hang out because we were the only ones not playing the nerd game. And we just became really good friends. We all became really good friends. Actually, when I 
uh, we went, we were guests at their wedding. And when I got married, Ethan and Robin were actually in my bridal party. Robin was a bridesmaid and we called Ethan a bride's dude. It was very cute. That's lovely. That's yes, sweet. he was a bride's dude. I, I will find the pictures and post them at some point. <laughs> we had we had hair yeah. match different right. hair pieces made for all the bridesmaids and he wore his as a belt buckle. It was adorable. <laughs> it was well, I'm glad you brought adorable. that up because I was wondering where the hell you came from and answered <laughs> yeah. a few questions. Yeah, I know. It's like that's way more legit than where I came from. That was maybe like 2005, probably, that I met him. And we've just been friends ever since. Oh. We had, we kind of had this group. Oh, cute. And I moved away from, from where I went to college. But we all kept in touch. Boo. And I visit. I send gifts to his daughters on yeah. their birthdays and stuff. But Ethan was telling me about this. Oh, I do this cool podcast. And he knows that I love, I love The Hitchhiker's Guide to the Galaxy. It is like my ultimate fandom. It's my favorite book, show, everything. I named my son Arthur because of that book. <laughs> Like, that's how much I love it. Love it. So he thought that I would like... That's a good choice right there. Yeah. And it's a good name, right? It's a good old-fashioned old man name. And it suits him. He's like a tiny old man. He's hilarious. Anyways. um, Just a real real quick question. Just a real quick question. Ethan said, told you that he had a really cool podcast to drag you in. So he lied. I mean, he didn't say it was cool. He He lied to get you in. You don't think we're cool, cool. Zach? I think we didn't get cool till Hope showed up. He may not have said cool, (laughs) but he said um, that he had a podcast (laughs) that I might like. But what he referenced was the the Ah, PICs, the profiles. He thought that they were kind of similar to guide entries in the Hitchhiker's Guide. He thought I'd like them. And I mean, I have two kids and I'm a preschool teacher. Like I'm busy all the freaking time. So eventually, finally, I listened to them. And then I listened to the whole podcast and I thought it was fucking hilarious. So I texted Ethan. I'm like, oh, I listened to the whole podcast. He's like, oh, which PIC did you listen to? I'm like, no, I listened to the whole thing. And it's really cool. I'd love to contribute sometime if I could. But I meant by like, you know, just like, at, you know, suggesting movies. Or something. I don't know. So like, I'd love to contribute sometime. And like 20 minutes later, I get an invite to the group chat. Be like, here's Hope. She's going to join us. And I was like. Hi, everybody. <laughs> like, blink, blink. You yeah, know. We're, no, we're all just I, sitting I, around <laughs> chanting, blood in, blood out, blood in, blood out. Right? And I get in there. I'm just like, Ethan invited me in. And I figured I would just kind of like listen in for a couple episodes. And then I was in like the closing thing on the next episode, the Time Bandits episode. And it was just, it's just been right. really fun. And like, I love that closing episode, by the way. Like, I have no clue what the fuck I'm doing, but I'm just, like, throwing stuff out there. I'm like, all right, guys, tell me if it's bad, I'll fix it. If it's good, we'll work with it. Let's go. I'm just in. I'm used to working with children all the time, so this works for me perfectly. Like, I got the patience for this. (laughs) Can I have your Auntie Hope on the show? I'm just curious. Oh, well, yes, actually, so I used to live in Hawaii, and instead of Miss Hope at preschool, they would call us Auntie. It's like a Japanese thing that the Hawaiians have um, co-opted. Not co-opted, like oh, yeah. adopted. Adopted oh. is the word, right word. Yeah. And so I was called Auntie Hope at the preschool. That was my like title. And so I've just kind of kept that. And so like for all my faux nieces and nephews, like my friends' kids, they call me Auntie. And so I've just kind of run with it. And that's my thing. I thought it was because the Cinemania members remind you of children. <laughs> that too. I mean, yes. yes. I mean, I'm kind of the mom of the group. Like when, what was it? Like Andre was sick. He was like, oh, I'm sick. And all of a sudden I jump out like, do this, do that. Take care of yourself, you know? 
Yeah. <laughs> I'm the mom of the group. I just want to throw in one other thing too, just related to that. Like um, Zach knows this cause he's been with me on just about every single uh, movie project I've produced. Um, one of my things is I like to find really enthusiastic amateurs who maybe have not, may have had zero experience acting or anything like that, but they're really interested in doing it because oftentimes I find that the enthusiasm and the desire translates through their in their performance to make it a lot more fun and sometimes it's bitten me in the ass and other times it's turned out really great content and <laughs> i don't mean to say content you know because that that devalues oh, yeah. it but it like, takes a hell of a lot of training to fake that kind of enthusiasm right i mean you don't have so a budget to just, pay for it i am genuinely like excited to be doing things with other adults you guys have no idea how much of my time is to get my children <laughs> to be doing things with other As adults and have other parent, adults to talk that, to. Yeah. It's amazing. <laughs> oh, yeah. That, but that's my that's my point is sometimes people have um, if they don't know that the rules are there exactly, then they don't know if they're breaking them. And sometimes like just having people do stuff. You, you know, like we like if they go through all the training and they go through all of the practice and, you know, like they, it, it builds walls around them, creates resistance, creates these uh, th- these inhibitions that, that I'm not going to do things the way they've really always been of, done because I don't know the way they've always been yes, done. Exactly. Right. You're going to do it your own way. And I like that. I, like I have no clue that. what the so fuck I'm doing. I'm just throwing it out there. But it's every fun. single one of the short films that I've produced to date, I will put people in who just because I like I like who they are in that role or I like that. You know, I want to see what that they come up with. It's just like sticking a cat into a room with a whole bunch of other strange cats who already know each other. You know? uh, I don't actually recommend doing that no. specifically. Not that I'm speaking from personal experience or anything while working <clears throat> while working at a cat shelter. But um, <laughs> um and that's why we all refer to Daniel as Cat Daddy. <laughs> yeah. Maybe we should move on to the next uh, sections and see if we can like knock them out fairly quickly. Oh. Cool. Um, so, Ethan, why don't you quickly explain, because I've always wondered, who is White Bat Audio and how did they get involved? Oh, White Bat Audio. I discovered because I've been a member of Bandcamp, like I've had a, a subscription on Bandcamp for a while. I encountered this guy's stuff. He's another one of these copy left artists who just, it's like, as long as you cite and, you know, as long as you credit him and uh, you can use it wherever, like he just, he just churns out this tremendous amount of synth wave. Um, and it's all pretty decent stuff. Um, I like it. I was like, okay, cool. Like his, oh, yeah, that, that's great. why I use him. And he became the sound of the show because it was, it was basically free use stuff. <laughs> See budget. <laughs> The uh, the reason why I ended up using a couple of other artists was because mm-hmm. they produce similar content. Um, so Meteor uh, just doesn't have the quite the reach, but I, I, I wanted to get slightly some slightly different synthwave tones in. So I got Meteor and I actually reached out to them like, I've never done licensing, but yeah, okay, no problem. Just do the same thing as this other guy. And then I ended up doing a license agreement with Magic Sword because they have a bit of a following. And I thought that might be kind of, kind of fun to, to try to get their fan base, but we saved that one for Mark Hamill. Okay. Wow. So um, who'd like to go first um, talking about choosing films? So I have I have a odd perspective on this in that uh, I think I'm the person who is like, but 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 we've gone so far away from the original conceit of of the podcast and the films that we choose, um, because so I don't know exactly where this came from, but um, earlier on in the writing group, there were a number of people who were very much um, sort of 
academic fans of the occult and esoteric uh, concepts and things like that. So the idea originally was, okay, we're going to focus on films that either blatantly or subtextually have um, the markings of that kind of stuff because yeah. it ties into the whole, you know, Elder Thulu cult. mythos yeah, and like quote Elder unquote cinemania. Kind of shit. Yeah. Well, yeah. not just, yeah, not occult just Occult overtones or undertones. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, exactly. So, I mean, so for instance, Naked Lunch, right, is just rife with like stupid ass symbolism all over the place, right? And, and references to all kinds of things. Some of it even may be unintentional, which is the funniest thing. Right. But because uh, it's just Coke. But um, <laughs> right. So. So, yeah. So. So that's kind of where we started off. And that's at least for me, that's where I still am. So like in the mouth of madness, that's mm-hmm. why I threw it in there. I was like, remember, guys, this was supposed to be about occultism. But like, yeah, <laughs> I you guys interview an, a, a guy who studied the occult in one of yeah. your like yeah. interviews. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. That's right. He's for a great for... guy. I still talk to him quite a bit. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. He's. So- the trash Still Facebook shaman. friends, yeah. Which, trash which is not to say that I'm right and y'all are wrong. That's just kind of where I remember this starting. No, and, you're and, you're right about that, yeah. but I just broke that completely with episode two. Yeah, no, no, that, that's <laughs> what I mean. It's, I'm not saying that our criteria now is wrong. Just like that's kind of where where it where it began, and yeah. then it just kind of went from mm-hmm. there. But yeah, so like, I'm, but I'm curious now what other people look for when they're picking their films. Uh, myself, I, I just look for stuff that I know is going to fuck with you, yeah. <laughs> especially, oh, yeah, especially Andy, you know, that's why I pick all this, like, you know, punk rock, fucking loud, obnoxious, you know, Let's just, no, <laughs> no on, honestly, um, I look for stuff that I think not only is, um, I look for stuff that I haven't really seen in other places and like for wild zero, one of the reasons I picked it is I know that it is just this great little indie um, underground flick that I had a roommate who brought it to me, to my attention. And I knew it was something that like nobody, like I know Ethan has seen like a gazillion movies. And so have I, I worked in a video store for a long time and I just, go through sections. So when I can find something that absolutely nobody else in the group has seen, it excites me that I get to introduce it to people. And um, that's part of it. And when it's like, just kind of, I'm a big fan of occultism. Yes. But I'm also a big fan of just surrealism in general. So if something's just kind of quirky and wacky and so out like there, Terry Gilliam, everything he's done. Yes, Terry <laughs> Gilliam. I love Terry, Terry Gilliam. Gilliam film. Um, there's there's but I try to I try to stay away from just, you know, what I consider, you know, trash films, films that are so bad that but mm-hmm. I still love them, you know, oh, my dial spinners. Yeah. Yeah. So, and also I know there's like a billion podcasts that deal with that shit. So Mm -hmm. to make ours a little different, I wanted to like have something that, something that at least has some artistic value to it. Or the show. Or the show. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, move on. (laughs) I mean, no, 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 no. I I, I do want to actually pass to Andy and like, I'm really curious, like, cause yeah, each person picks a film when they're going to be the pontifex of presentment, but like we do discuss them and occasionally we'll have like people be like, ah, I don't know if that really fits our podcast or whatever. So like, 
you know, we, we weigh in on each other's films as well. So like, don't feel like you got to just talk about the film you pick, like just in general, like, what do you look for? Like Andy, now that I've trashed your film, um, please, please uh, respond. As a quick note though, I just want to say that I do still think we include occultism, occult overtones and undertones as one of our primary considerations when we're picking a film. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah definitely. Yeah, I know. I know. Oh yeah. I'm just giving you guys shit. <laughs> well, when Daniel was speaking earlier, he made the point that he didn't want to be of the opinion that I'm right and you're wrong, and he wanted to get on board with what everyone else oh, is no. doing. And I'm the opposite. I'm right and you're all wrong. <laughs> Still salty about that whole uh, you know, American that... colony dissolution thing, aren't you? I, Andy's I, the cranky grandpa, much, you guys. Uh, Andy is our cranky old grandpa. Keeping us all in line. I, I very much picked a film that, that messed me <laughs> so up. So your version and of I'm my version. It's a good <laughs> film, but it's a good. film that I saw at a young age where I wasn't really ready for it, and it stuck in my head because it messed with me. This this like... film had, had messed my mind up, and that's that was my criteria that I personally felt that I wanted to inflict that on the rest of you. And frankly, <laughs> I think that oh, what a British sentiment! I suffered, too so much decision-making power, and I should be regarded far higher, <laughs> and you should just do what I want all the time. Yeah. Andy, that's like when I accidentally, I was like eight years old, and I accidentally caught 10 minutes of Caligula. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> yeah. That explains I, I, so much. <laughs> it does, right? And, uh, no, I, 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 I had an experience like that at age eight i saw phantasm and i saw the scene with the like sphere when it like comes out and sticks into a guy's head wow. and then the drill starts and it starts drilling into his head and the freaking mm. blood starts fountaining out and i was just like what oh, yeah, no, that's <laughs> all of which that's makes my decision making <laughs> process suddenly make a lot more sense and put you all to shame i feel Andy, just show us on the Andy, show us on the doll where the movie touched you, okay? <laughs> oh man. There's no doll. Uh, There's only rags. Sudden <laughs> rags where once a doll lay. Well, let's, let's talk to Andre. Andre next. save us. What? Yeah, Andre. Um, with a lot of the films, it's mostly because everyone discusses them, everyone remembers them. Like, oh yes, I saw this uh, whenever such time, um, and then everyone turns to me. <laughs> like, hey, have you seen this movie? I'm like, what the fuck is this? <laughs> you don't have times. You're still living in time singular. <laughs> So a lot of that is just like the, you know, there's discussion amongst the adultier adults and then like, hey, look at this fucking thing. Is this weird to you? I'm like, um, yeah. And they're like, all right, good. Let's do it. <laughs> we, we absolutely use Andre as a sounding board. If we don't know if the youth understands something, we'll be like, Andre, look at this. What do you think? And we'll be there with notepads, like checking the reactions. It's sort yeah, of like well, a live serial commercial with, with Andre as Mikey, only in this case is, is Mikey traumatized by this? Great, let's do it. Yeah. <laughs> well, but also like the, 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 the legit trigger warnings that we, that we put on, like... All of that, I think, Andre, you were the one who who kind of recommended that yes. in the first mm -hmm. place. Yeah. And, and we use you as our, like, I mean, and it's a great point. And we generally are like, oh, yeah, we can identify the trigger warnings now. Mm -hmm. But, like, you are our check. Like, did we miss any? Right? Yeah. <laughs> um, but the canaries, I, I curious, you are like, coal mine. 
It's not like it's not like uh, they're not now also producing some crazy ass fucking movies like mm-hmm. Titan, Ultrasound, you know, uh, Slayer Kill. So like, I mean, I would love at some point in season two, season three, whatever, like the stuff that you are really into now that's like coming out, like mm-hmm. throw that out there. Don't let I mean, I've got a few like previous ones that I do want to bring up. Like I just re- like all this talk about, oh, I saw this traumatizing scene when I was eight suddenly brought up memories of the brave little toaster. <laughs> oh, God. I, I'm sorry, what? I oh, was it with I Americans want... and this bloody toaster I keep hearing about. <laughs> so well, you see, you put bread in it and then it wait. shoots out nightmares. Yeah, wait, wait, Andre, I, Andre, what is yeah. this? So brave little toaster is an animated series of movies. Uh, one of them where they go to fucking Mars and it's, a lot of it for me is just sh- like little tiny bits of memories that are terrifying, traumatizing, and I want to revisit them. Uh, the other, the other I wanted, I, I saw and I just immediately latched on was Total Recall, not the remake, the old OG one with oh, Arnold Schwarzenegger. Yeah, that's one that's of, a fucked up. One movie. of the bonding experiences the I had with my dad was showing me a lot of like these '80s flicks um, that uh, that he watched back in the day. Uh, no, wait, that was 90s. Anyway, sorry to make any of you feel old, but um, You're not a lot sorry. of like, yeah, ter- like uh, he showed me Terminator, Terminator 2, no other Terminators for good reason. Right. Um, and the uh, and uh, Total Recall, which was absolutely great. And I really, 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 really want to bring that to season two. That explains to me at least where why you had an interest in going to film school, because I was initially like, if you haven't seen all these movies, why the hell do you want to go make them? <laughs> I just I don't know. I, same thing as you. I really like making movies like i ran around with my camcorder made this uh weird sci-fi miniseries i never finished uh we can look at that at some point but anyway um uh, i ask everyone i meet literally what's the weirdest movie you've ever seen i have a list love it uh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, and then i think about what the weirdest movies i've ever seen have been um and so it, it varies. The one I chose for season one, Time Bandits, is one I thought was very strange, but fun. I wanted something not too, not scary, really, you know, kind of funny. Um, the one I ch- I want to do for season two is more serious, but I still think it's really, like, interesting and asks really important questions. I think that's what's cool about movies, too. You can ask really profound questions. Like, Forbidden Planet may be kind of a not great movie but it asks some important questions about you know your ego and your id and like your forbidden Mm -hmm. desires and everything and how it all kind of relates to other people if there are people around if there aren't people around so yeah that's how i choose movies just um interesting ideas and that really stick in your head when when so this this list that you're talking about yeah have you always been doing that or did you start doing that because <laughs> no of i started doing that because of the cinemania society okay okay just checking. no i, yeah, I started doing it because of the cinemania society if you're like, ever interested i could like forward the list onto the the group oh i would love to see it i mean if nothing else to see like what different people think of as weird movies like Some especially really if, like, hard put to think of a weird movie actually like is dumbo on there no, Dumbo's so messed up. Dumbo is a pretty weird movie. movie. A boy and his dog was on there. Oh, that is a weird oh, movie. Yeah. Weird movie. Oh, that is a that is a problem. Trigger warnings. <laughs> oh, boy. that's a David Bowie picture, isn't it? No, 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 no. no, no. I've seen oh, every movie David Bowie's oh, been in. Talk. No, no, I'm thinking of the Man Who Fell to Earth, and now, that, yeah, now yeah, I'm yeah, thinking yeah. of Silent. That Running, one's terrible so. and has a full-on Bowie dick. Shouldn't watch that one. Ooh. <laughs> 
And what Life. about you, Hope? How do you choose movies? <laughs> so I've got these two main criteria. I'm like, would my dad like it? Because he loved movies and he like loved weird movies. And then I think, has my husband seen it? My husband is like super generic, bland, Gen X, grew up in Texas. So like if he's seen it, it's probably not weird enough for this podcast. But if my dad would like it, it's probably good enough. <laughs> Those are my two criteria. So if my husband's seen it, I'm like, oh, it's too mainstream. <laughs> so you just draw a Venn diagram and you look for the things that are over on the left side. Yes. Yeah, it's not really a Venn diagram. It's two completely separate circles. Yes. Awesome. I love Gilliam movies. I love anything Favorites. with David Bowie. Favorites. Favorites. So remember, after everyone talks about why they liked it, people can disagree with parts or all of your assessment. All right. Uh, Hale, you're first. I really love Time Bandits. I wasn't here when you guys picked it, but I love, I've seen all of Gilliam's films. I love all his films and I've seen it and it's one of my favorites just before this. I thought it was a mainstream film, but apparently it's not. I asked a lot of people. I thought everyone had seen it in their childhood like I had. Um, and I thought it was great. I've seen everything Gilliam's made, so I just love it. Yeah, I, I got to agree with you. I'm a huge uh, Gilliam fan. But yeah, I that was my that was my understanding of this film, too. I remember seeing this in the theater as a kid. So I was just like, we're doing a kid's movie and like a, a popular one. Wait, what? I mean, but so but when, yeah, I started asking around, it's like Time Bandits, people were like, uh, what? And I was like, OK. Yeah, no, no, no. I, I thought Time Bandits was a great pick because it's like. It, it was probably our best, like, well, we need something that at least is a little better known. You know, it's not well, well known, but like more people have heard of Time Bandits, but it is still weird and esoteric as fuck. I love that you picked that. I mean, that was great. I was actually really surprised at how few people had heard of it. I mean, I talked to some folks about yeah. it and I was like, oh yeah, we're doing this movie Time Bandits and we're doing, you know, we're analyzing it and it's going to be this. And they were like, well, what's Time Bandits? I was, I, th- I thought it was more like, because uh, it was a huge block, I don't want to say blockbuster hit, but it was a huge hit in the United States. I would have thought more people had heard of it. But as I talked about it to people I knew, they were like, I've never heard of it. I even, I even Sorry, suggested that we do an entire stuff. season of just Gilliam films, but that was vetoed. <laughs> yeah, vetoed. <laughs> He's got a big enough ego. Thank you. (laughs) I liked, I chose, uh, my favorite was In the Mouth of Madness. I was actually a little worried about this film. I asked Ethan how graphic it was. Um, But after watching it, it was really interesting. Sam Neill, I think he's a great actor. Um, Had plenty of weird Stephen King, Lovecraftian tentacle kitsch to make (laughs) viewing it so interesting. And the story behind the special effects was really interesting too. So it was overall a very fun movie to review. I loved when you said tentacle fiesta. How many funny moments? (laughs) (laughs) If I had been in that episode, I would have been like, is that Taco Bell's new party pack? The tentacle fiesta? <laughs> Taco Bell I don't know who wrote that line, but Tentacle oh, Fiesta like lives in my brain rent free now. <laughs> oh man, you should pitch that to Long John Silver. <laughs> and, and just as a as a side note of like podcast lore, not that we've been around that long to have a lot of lore, but like <laughs> the the It Mom episode was like what really kicked us off for like scripting and world building a little yeah. bit more, even for our mm-hmm. own podcast because that was the one remember Ethan, you wrote that, it 
Yeah, well, well, no, Andy did most Andy. of the writing. No, but no, like, I meant Ethan, your character wrote it. Right, yeah. right, right. But so, like, Ethan and I were kicking, we're, we're just chatting about that movie in that episode, and then I was like, wait a minute, what if we did the, 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 the you know, the, the story within a story thing to the podcast, and then that just kind of kept going, and then, of course, we did, so we did that, and then we gave kind of the same treatment to Time Bandits, even harder, like, mm-hmm. you know, Cinemania 2, yep. even harder, right? That's um, when we started saying, right, we're going to properly script this out and work out what will happen when and which bits yeah. will go where. And right, right. Yeah. The first few episodes were just kind of us goofing around. And yeah. then that's, so yeah, so It Mom really kind of, I don't More know, than, took us up a level. So yeah. thank you for that, Andy. More yeah. than halfway through the season, we, we decided, actually, we should start scripting these out. <laughs> I actually was against it at first, remember? I was like, no, no, no. Oh, yeah. This needs to be improv. This needs to be like, we're just talking through the movies and, and giving, and you guys were like, no, 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 trust us. I was like, oh, okay. One of the things I liked about scripting it is because I've always, I've in my head been trying to like flesh out the world and just kind of make it a little more constant. And uh, so we wouldn't contradict ourselves as we're just setting up like, you know, the rules and stuff of this world, because a lot of it is pretty, you know, we made it up on the spot. Like, for instance, uh, the reason Daniel's character is a bug powder fiend is just because he couldn't show up for a lot of wild zero. So we're just like, okay, he took a trip to inner zone and he brought back a typewriter and same thing with uh, Robbie showing up. It was just like, and now uh, Andre, he uh, got left on the, the planet and <laughs> you know, he, and he's been drinking with a, robot i've made up so much more yeah. about oh my, my bookstore that hasn't yeah. even made it in yes oh my god i love your bookstore so hard i want to put that in like a novel seriously yeah uh, but I just made... keep does everyone know where the name came from though we called it the laughing tome because i love david bowie and my favorite like super old david bowie song is the laughing gnome which no one ever knows right oh it's god. super old and oh i love it god oh that's a oh, deep I cut reference i did not get you it. guys didn't yeah, get it, not heard it. Ah. I love when I know things that you guys don't know because you guys I know every now? fucking thing. I, so, <laughs> oh so Andy, I, tell us about your favorite film. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, and why it is the shout. <laughs> God damn it, you people just you don't understand. <laughs> However, uh, of all the films we watched, uh, Naked Lunch surprised me the most with how well it held up because I only ever watch films once, usually. And that's it. And I'd seen it years and years ago. I was half asleep when I saw it. I didn't really understand it. So I had this vague memory of what the film was. And I thought, yeah, it'll be okay. I kind of remember it being all right. But actually properly re-watching it with you guys and having a clear-eyed view of it, it was amazingly satisfying. And it really held up much better than I thought. And I, that was the point where I thought, we're onto something here. This is good. This is working. Oh wow! Yeah. From episode one, that's wow. High praise, thank you. I actually really like Naked Lunch. That's probably my second favorite episode. That <laughs> one was like the, one of the reasons I picked that though was because I just I wanted to get us started off with something absolutely bonkers right out of the gate. Just like you know when when Andy said, oh, we're, I think it was Andy said we were you know starting off in, right in the deep end. Yeah, that's yep. what I wanted to do. I <laughs> exactly. The oh one of the gosh. weirdest movies that I could remember. And um, I hadn't actually seen it since I first watched it when I was about 13. Yeah, same mm. here. 
Yeah, I really thought it wouldn't work. I thought, no, this this film, I kind of remember it. It's not that great. But when I properly rewatched it, there was so much there, and it worked so well. I'd forgotten so much of that film. Like, I can't believe I forgot that there was a talking asshole. <laughs> no, so, so actually, we of keep talking about how how obscure these movies are and how about how no one knows them. I was talking to a coworker of mine. She's my favorite coworker. She's probably she's almost seventy, but she's amazing. And I was telling her all the movies we've been through, and I was like, "Naked Lunch." She's like, "Oh, I've seen that one. That's the one about Arthur Burroughs, right?" I was like, "How the fuck have you seen this movie?" <laughs> like, of course you've seen this movie. <laughs> We should right. get her on the podcast. Yeah. Oh man. my god. <laughs> you would we talk love about her. having multiple generations on the podcast. Like, let's oh my get, god. Let's, let's get like the greatest generation. You would love her. She's and, hilarious. All right. <laughs> and Andre. Yeah, yeah. Um. I. So Wild Zero, absolutely <laughs> hands Yay. down the entire thing, being underground, being extremely over the top, and just fundamentally. What stuck out to me was just that the directors were like, hey, we just think this is really fucking cool. We don't care if it makes any sense. We just <laughs> want to do something really, really awesome. And just mm-hmm. fundamentally through my own creative journey, that's what I've discovered is my style is, you know, oftentimes you get all of these like very puffy types that, oh, your work needs to have significance and it needs to have meaning. I'm like, who cares? We're here to have Sometimes a good it can just fucking be fun. Time. And that's what Wild Zero was. Yeah. Oh, yeah, no. That was like, it was like a Japanese trauma film. It was amazing. <laughs> it was. Incredible. <laughs> that's why I picked it. I thought you guys would love it. It's just it so pick. wonderfully over the top. And just that I, I aspire to to do something like that. It was so ahead of its time. I love the trans positive message in it. I, I think that episode is the first episode where we said, because fuck you, that's why. <laughs> is that the one where you, it's, I haven't watched it, but uh, you said you did a RAN. Is that when you do three different? Um, uh, Rashomon. 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 Yes. My bad. Rashomon. Yeah, yeah. Which, honestly, I'm not sure how well that worked, but we did it, so fuck it. <laughs> Was that the first episode where, where uh, Methuselah appeared? Oh. <gasps> It might have been. been. Oh. Does he appear in Naked Lunch? But is that? Yeah, I think we rolled out. I don't think he had a name in Naked Lunch by then. I don't. Yeah. yeah. Huh. Before I joined, I sat down and watched every single film you guys had already done, and I was traumatized for the rest of the week. Just <laughs> mission accomplished. I wanted to make sure I was caught up, you know, with all the past lore and stuff. I watched them all in one weekend. Oh dear. Yeah, and it no, was really not the best thing. In one weekend, Jesus Christ. Well, I yeah, only no, had the weekend. My husband like took the fully... kids. I had I only had two days without the children, so I had to make the most of my time. <laughs> You need Apparently to be fully you, taken yeah. with Cinemania before you join the Cinemania <laughs> or, or Society. Or wear a tinfoil yeah. hat in oh order to God. do that. Uh, so yeah, I, I mean, I am really torn. I liked most of the movies that we did. Sorry, Andy. Um, the- <laughs> <laughs> Die! <laughs> but I, I gotta say, like, The Hunger, it, I, I'm really torn. The Hunger has, like, all of that 80s red mood lighting ever, which makes me so nostalgic for my childhood. But... <laughs> The Naked Lunch is where I met my dear, sweet little Clark Nova. Oh. So <laughs> I think I'm going to have to leggies. go with that, actually. 
I know because I talk to it like I talk to my dog. So like, oh, do you want your bump? Yeah, you want your bump? Will you spin for the bump? Okay, okay, shake, shake. Yeah, good, good, like Nova. Ethan, Ethan, fuck Nova's a good little boy, but also a notorious little bastard. Oh, yeah, but, um, yeah. The, no, Ethan can confirm that all of this is accurate. Um, oh, yeah. But also, also that movie is just bug fuck nuts. So it I'm, is. I'm God. Literal bug fuck in this case. Yeah. <laughs> and then what about you, Zach? Oh, what's your favorite? Fuck. Um, I thought I. Oh, right. Um, You're going to get out of this one, huh? Uh, man, I. Uh, I, I love them all. It's really hard to pick one. Um. Just I'm holding because, a gun to your head right oh, now. Son of a bitch. It's, well, it's not the shout. We all know that. Fuck <laughs> the shout. Oh, poor Andy. I will have my revenge. Oh, yeah. You'll shout yeah, us you all will. dead. Season I will. I'll shout you dead. Yeah, you, know, you know I like the shout. You, you know, know you know I like the shout. You're not alone. Yeah. You know, we we all we all like pick yeah. on the shout, but it was it was interesting. But was my fun. favorite, I think, that we did this season, and it's kind of crept up on me and surprised me because I was against doing it originally was actually Forbidden Planet. Mm. Uh, because I really got into the Shakespearean side of it. I actually I actually uh, took the Tempest out and reread it uh, before I watched it and just like kind of noticed That's that dedication. especially for the time there English was teachers take note there was a <laughs> lot there was a lot of craftsmanship that went into that movie that really went over my head before and i and just the map painting and the rotoscoping i mean it is it's a beautiful movie and you know the i mean it's by today's standards pretty slow but it's still just like it's just it's just great to watch to just see just see it because visually it is just it's just beautiful. It's a beautiful flick. I think we all agreed at the time that for the time it's got amazing visuals and they actually yeah. hold up pretty well. Yeah, and it's and it's really like, you know, you can see how you can see its impact on science fiction. So mm -hmm. it's it's a seminal film and um yeah, it really appealed to that, you know, film school art geek <laughs> side of me that, you know, I try to keep well hidden by picking Wild Zero, but I do <laughs> I do go the other way, too. I go both ways. So uh, my uh, pick for next time is a classic. Um, so I hear you. All right. But all right. yeah, Ethan, that's bring all us I home. got to say about yeah, bring that. Us home, Ethan. <laughs> Um, I got to say, I think my favorite uh, episodes so far are the ones we did on Time Bandits and on Wizards, because those are the ones that were the most fun for me to assemble, because uh, I do all the post on this. So, yeah, I know the levels yeah. aren't all great, but I have more fun <laughs> building the world than I do making sure everything's normalized. So <laughs> fuck you. Um, <laughs> you can if you don't if you don't feel like I'm putting in enough work on this. And this is for any listener out there who's like, hey, man, you should do better. I'm like, well, I'm not letting the perfect be the enemy of the good. I'm out there cranking this stuff out. We put out. Let's go. By the time yeah. we're done, we will have put about 60 episodes in Holy one crap. year so but yeah, yeah how many say, episodes does your podcast have asshole one, i want to congratulate yeah. everybody in that Yay, we cranked out 60 episodes yes. in 52 yes. weeks but, which is but, oh, 
crazy. Um, yeah. Amazing. Great work. Um, but anyway, getting back to my favorite episodes, Time Bandits and Wizards, um, both, because they're the most evocative. They have the richest textures and atmospheres. They were a lot of work for me to build, but they had the biggest payoff. You know, um, they, they just, when you listen to them, like for me, they, they have the most evocative mental imagery. And um, I mean, I, of course, I really liked the, the Naked Lunch one, too, because that's that's where we all had our starting point. And it's just a weird movie. Um, and, but like and it's funny because like the stuff that has become the staples of the show, like the opening crawl, the within the depths thing. I oh, wrote yeah. that as a, as just like in the in the five minutes before we sat down to record our thing on naked lunch <laughs> oh, like wow. i just wanted to ha- oh, yeah like i just i just cranked that out as like we need to have some kind of starting place and and you know thing things that had just been you know that were just i wouldn't say one-off jokes that ended up getting stuck and becoming part of the of the lore of the show um so like I, I love all of them because I've done a lot of work on all of them, but but those ones in particular, I think, are the are the richest and most radio theatery of the ones that we've done. I, I have to say, when you brought up wizards and you said, "I want to do wizards," I want to do wizards. <laughs> I just thought that's not going to work. Where, I was like, "What are you talking about? That how can we possibly make an episode out of that film?" But it really surprised me. It came together so well, and there was way more in it than I thought there was gonna be. So, well done for Wizards. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Well, so okay. I, I I know we all just gave ourselves an applause for for everything we pulled off, and well deserved. I want to give Ethan one more call out here. Like, how Ooh, much work yeah. you put into? Yeah. No, no, seriously. Oh, seriously thanks, like, thanks. I, this is. The amount of time, I mean, having done some of this, not a lot, but like the amount of time it takes to cut up audio of this length, right, over and over and over again on schedule, right, Mm. especially when we do crazy shit like Time Bandits or what we did with It Mom, right? Right. Mm. Um, Just for a note, that's in the mouth of madness, so I-T-M-O-M or It Mom. Yeah, right. Sorry. Um, And this is, keep in mind, this is a guy, he's got a job, he's got two kids, he's got a wife, he's got you know, cats, he's got a dog, he's got multiple mortgages, right? Like, trees falling on his house. Trees falling on your house, <laughs> right. And then yeah. the cats took up the most of that Unbelievable. I, I, I thank you. I really do appreciate that. Um, and we appreciate uh, you, Ethan. We oh, really thanks, yes, guys. Everything, I, mean, I, everything I propose the single clap of British approval. <laughs> <laughs> Ow! <laughs> My cheek is burning. No, but also, um, the, 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 actually the thing I meant to mention, um, the thing that are really like, as far as episodes go, yes, the one like uh, show episode, but the things that are my favorite to, to do both to write and produce and that I go back and listen to with regularity are any of the profiles pieces. Mm. Like that was just a throwaway idea that I had because I was like, man, we got two weeks between shows. You know, there's stuff that I wanted to go over in, you know, that we mm-hmm. just couldn't include in the episode. So I'll just, I'm just going to shard out this little profile, comedic profile piece on Peter Weller, um, which is the first one that I, that we ever wrote. And then I was like, oh, you know, we can do this on the regular. We can have a super short in between our long episodes. And those have ended up becoming my favorite things. Like they're just like, like they're, they're these, they're fun. They're easy to write. They make, they kind of force me to have to be creative and like write on a schedule and be like, okay, I've got this, you know, we've got these ideas um, and I got to just got to get it out and get it done. And it's mm-hmm. refine your, your, your practice with those. Except, so except when you, when you gave me Bowie or when I took Bowie, I way overdid it. I think I wrote 1800 words or something like that. Okay. 
like ridiculous amount because <laughs> I love it. Bowie. Mine was always too I'm short, art. actually. Oh, and I think my dad played Bowie for me in the womb. My daughter has to do a project for school and she picked <laughs> Bowie. I almost named my son Bowie, but then I went with Arthur. I mean, <laughs> Bowie was a big deal. Oh my God. And I, I think mine went oh. almost 10 minutes before Ethan edited it down. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I did trim That's... it down a piece. I mean, but like, oh, like it, it they, it. those are still consistently like all of them. I will go back and re-listen to because I I enjoy them. They're like little snacks. And at some point, I want to try to actually like put them onto a CD. You know, do like a limited run CD print of of all of the profiles piece. It's probably going to end up being like a double CD. But um, anyway, uh, we, we'll get there. Which reminds me, I still owe you the Whitley Streber. Oh yes, yeah, we got to get that cranked. <laughs> yeah, we got to get that. And that is, on. and that is not going to be short. Like that, that man <laughs> deserves time. Yeah. So, oh, we know um, you bastards at home are listening to them. We watched you. We see you <laughs> listening to those profiles. We know you like them. Oh, yeah. So we're going to keep the download counts. Yeah, the, well, actually, the one that's got the most downloads, at a, the, I checked it this morning, at 110 is the one we did on Vangelis uh, that I, I started. Hmm. Uh, Andy and I co-wrote that. Yeah. On, really? That's a that's an obscure one, too. Yeah. Well, it, it, it coincided with him uh, with, with, that was a uh, in memoriam. Yeah, if I remember right. correctly. Yeah. The Cronenberg right. is the other one that is, uh, of all of the episodes we produced, Cronenberg is 83 downloads. <laughs> that's right. That's right. Yes. You know, that's one of the reasons why kind of segueing into season two, that's kind yeah, of yeah. one of the reasons why I wanted to uh, bring in Nightbreed because Cronenberg's in Nightbreed. He's the bad guy. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. Okay. So the question is, what's next? Uh, so for season two, how will it be different? There will be less chaos, and yet it will be more chaotic. <laughs> we will be on the run, so each episode is in a new locale. And drinks are half off. <laughs> My themed cocktails will get um, stronger it, and weirder. Uh, I think there will be more world building, a little more radio theater. Um, I'm probably going to try to bring in some um, some actors as well to do guest voices, because I was really... Uh, I really, really enjoyed getting our guest actors, particularly Georgia McKenzie, um, who is a fantastic you. voice actress. And maybe for the cinema assassins who may or may not be showing up. Ooh. No spoilers. So, wait, wait. We're doing a season two? Oh, fuck. I'll get my koala grease then. Well, I know a guy who's just cut down a eucalyptus tree. <laughs> <laughs> Okay, fair, fair. That's the last one. Nobody's gonna get that. That is such an that inside is joke. Okay. Five years from now, when like this is as big as like you know uh, Kevin Smith's podcast, that'll suddenly become like an in joke everybody loves. That wasn't even the line I was thinking of, but yeah, keep it in. Yeah, this this was a, an eighty meter tall blue gum. That was threatening my house for two oh, weeks. Man. Yeah, so that when they had uh, the last piece of trunk, it took it took the electric company four days to cut down that Christing thing. Two hundred and seventy feet. They were working hell. around Whoa. the clock. And actually, I don't think it was two hundred and seventy. I think my neighbor was, may have been exaggerating, but I'm just going to say two hundred. I'm going to um, say two hundred and seventy because it sounds even more impressive. Right, but then you realize that that thing is taller than some giant sequoias, and I just don't think that's accurate. Um, but anyway, one of the the piece of trunk that they had out in the street was six feet in cross section and was uh, this, basically it was the size of a Cadillac Escalade, but without wheels and suspension. Like it was like bananas. The thing had well, to have weighed just an unimaginable amount of tons. Your neighbor was saying actually, so the final, like the bottom chunk that they took was actually eight feet across in, in, in diameter. 
Yeah, I heard him say that too, but and then I looked at the photo and the tallest guy next to it had to have only been about six feet tall. Oh, okay. So, oh, sorry, sorry, sorry. But going back to the podcast. <laughs> okay. Ethan, you're going to take us away. Yeah, let's give us a t- listeners a taste of the films that they can expect in season two. Oh, I want to do it. Let me. My ideas are better. I should get to say them. There's only one civilized way to solve this dispute. Competitive demon summoning. <clears throat> no, a freestyle rap battle royale. Okay. No, no. Now, children, there is time for everyone to very briefly describe the film they will be presenting in season two. Ethan can start. Go. Um, I haven't decided actually what film will be, I'll be picking for season two, but I'm, I'm thinking really, really strongly about William Friedkin's uh, Sorcerer, which I've never seen, but really has this, this like, like taut, creepy kind of vibe. William Friedkin's mm. the guy who did The Exorcist. So I'm thinking strongly about that one. But I've also been threatening everybody with nothing but trouble, which was Dan Ackley's uh, directorial mm. debut, which everyone seems to hate, <laughs> but everybody hated the shout except me. So, you know, and Andy, but who knows? <laughs> I'll, I'll, I'll figure it out when we get there. Um, I... Mm. I am torn now between Brave Little Toaster and, of course, the <laughs> legendary Total Recall, a 90s trip to Mars, Elon Free, with action star Arnold Schwarzenegger, Arnie's character, curious about the red planet and experiencing strange memory fragmentation, arrives on Mars to wreak havoc and get some motherfucking answers. I'm, I am for that. I am, I am 100% here for Total Get your ass to Mars. I love that movie. <laughs> See you with the party, Richter. <laughs> oh, boy. There's going to be so much bad Schwarzenegger for that. Oh, geez. Uh, Wild Zero was good, but I think I found something that's even more rock and roll and even more post-apocalyptic. Yeah, something that might even have a samurai in it. Well, who? Uh, okay. Cool. Who's doing the Ice Pirates then? Uh, that was just going to be uh, the opening. Don't right. worry about who's, it. Who's our pod effects for Ice Ice Pirates? <laughs> we, we, we can, fig- we can, figure, we can that figure that out. Figure that we'll out. we'll yeah. roll a die. It's fine. Yeah. All right. <laughs> roll a die. <laughs> oh, oh. Uh, so I don't know yet. I haven't really picked. Um, so I'm I'm really torn between actually getting back to those occult roots or just going really hardcore into like Japanese body horror like Tetsuo Iron Man. Oh um, yeah. But I will warn you, if Ethan, if you do nothing but trouble, I'm doing Leonard Part Six. Oh God, no. <laughs> Well, if you do Tetsuo the Iron Man, then I'll let go I'm of nothing but trouble. I'll do I'll do Sorcerer. If you do if you do Tetsuo the Iron Man, I'll make you that. Uh, since we're 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 in a standoff, we got guns at each other's heads. Okay. <laughs> I'm gonna lock. Know, guys, I'm gonna lock um, both of you guys in the freaking hazardous waste floor if you guys keep on pulling this shit. I, I gotta say, Tetsuo Two Body Hammer was better. Yeah, I know. That's why I want to do one. <laughs> <laughs> Jeez. Yeah, no, good call. Andy? Good call on Tetsuo the Iron Man. Uh, Andy, go ahead. Well, I was thinking of an obscure 1970 no. no. Oh, boy. Fine, fine, fine. A berserk journey into the twisted, dark imagination of the French. We're uh-huh. going to see Egyptian gods invade Paris, everyone. What? Oh, oh, just uh, ready. wait, Zach. Wait. Just oh. wait. Um, well, my choice of film is going to take us to an island where a mad scientist creates animals into people, and then a surprise when they want to be treated like humans. Wow! <laughs> so, Blade Runner, Animal Farm. <laughs> 
So I just want to say thanks to everybody. Um, I want to thank all of you for coming along with me and helping be part of this community. Um, like I don't, I don't see myself as like the the guy in charge. I just see myself as kind of facilitating everyone's creativity. Oh, don't worry, we don't no, see you as in no, charge. Not at all. <laughs> I don't know. I I really don't want to be like you know the 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 front guy for this. I'm just no, happy really. to have everybody here and have a uh, have a creative team that I can work with on the regular. It makes me happier than you can realize. Um, I also want to say thanks to our fans. I want to shout out to Matt Dahlberg, who is our most consistent fan. Um, I want to uh, shout out to some of the other listeners that, who, um, you know, have, have gotten back to me. Um, uh, but in particular, one of the things that I'm really astonished by is the fact that our number three most downloaded nation that number three most downloaded nation is Mexico. Um, I understand that the United States is the number one because we have the most American, you know, like we have Americans and the UK is number two because we have some, you know, we have a, a, a British citizen. So I get why America and Britain are number one and number two, but Mexico, we don't have anybody and, and they are still our number three most downloaded nation. Um, and so I want to say uh, muchas gracias, Mexico. <laughs> I will muchas say that gracias. might have been me and my VPN bouncing off of like <laughs> Viva Zapata. <laughs> so, that might have been um, me downloading. <laughs> no, I'm kidding. I'm kidding. <laughs> oh, God. Oh, well, let's just leave it there. As they say, what's past is prologue. No! The Cinemania Society will return later in 2023. Written, produced, and performed by Andrea Palladino, Andre Luke Martinez, Daniel Scribner, Ethan Ireland, Andy Slack, Zachariah Burks, and Hope Bravo. The Cinemania Society is a product of the Cinemania Society, LLC.